When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And joining me today in just a little bit will be Kevin Henry from Fansided. He is live in Tampa. He was there for game one. He'll be there for game two. We'll break down some of these postseason series that have been going down. We'll, of course, do a little bit more on the autopsy of the 2023 Colorado Rockies, figure out more about what went wrong. We've talked a lot about the positives on Monday's show with Kenneth Weber from Purple Row. But now we'll get into the nitty gritty. We'll get into some of the dirt. But uh, first... There's Rockies news still going on. There are Rockies players still doing the damn thing, as it were. Arizona Fall League in action started up on Monday night down in Arizona. Rockies have eight players with their Salt River Rafters affiliate. So the same place that they play in spring training is the spot that they uh, have the Arizona Fall League going down at. Six teams all around the Phoenix area. It's absolutely fantastic if you're if you're jonesing for baseballs as much as I am. I'm getting it right now. I think we're all getting it with the postseason. It's 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 exciting. It's 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 great. I think just like the World Baseball Classic reminded so many people here in Denver, in Colorado, in the Rocky Mountain region, how great the sport of baseball can be. Um, we may have forgotten that just a little bit during the season, of course, with 103 losses by the Rockies. But we're reminded again here at the postseason. We're reminded with these young guys down in the minor leagues in the Arizona Fall League, plying their trade, trying to get themselves into a, a condition, into uh, playability where they are big leaguers within the next year. It's very possible. Monday, Juan Mejia was one of the AFL top performers in the same game as one of the Tigers' top pitching prospects, Jackson Job. Mejia was actually the most dominant, striking out four, walking one. Even got White Sox top prospect Colson Montgomery to strike out. Also on Monday, you had Benny Montgomery leading the game off with a walk, hitting leadoff. I'd like to see that. Got a base hit. Sterling Thompson had himself a double in that first game. And then on Tuesday night, Sterling Thompson and Drew Romo both went one for three. Another double for Sterling Thompson there. And two walks uh, was what he was able to do on Monday as a second baseman. On Tuesday, he was a left fielder. This is a player that's going to be, I think, a major factor for the Rockies next season that could make an impact. In fact, it could really allow the Rockies to change some of their offseason plans, alter them, if you will. If Thompson is this major factor that the Rockies believe that he is, and a lot of the other prospect pundits have this guy as as one of those top 100 range prospects, and I think he's got a lot more room to grow. If he can be that guy for the Rockies at second base, maybe even at third base, 
that could allow the Rockies to move on and possibly trade either Brendan Rodgers or Ryan McMahon. We discussed it on Monday's show. Rockies got plenty of hitters. They've got plenty of offense. What they need is pitchers. So I don't know that they're going to go around and just start calling other teams and saying, hey, what would you give us for any or all of our hitters? We'll just take the best offer. No, I think they have an idea who they would rather keep over another player, Brendan Rodgers. After this year, he only has two more years of club control. This is a point in which a lot of teams will either trade their player or lock them up to a long-term extension. That's what happened with uh, this time last offseason, essentially, with uh, Kyle Freeland, Antonio Senzatella, and Ryan McMahon. All those guys had two years left of club control, and the Rockies sat down and said, yeah, we want to keep you long-term. Let's give you an extension. And if they're not going to do that with Brendan Rodgers, and they need to free up some space in that infield for a guy like Sterling Thompson or second baseman like Adele Amador, a trade of Rodgers or a trade of McMahon could be coming this offseason. It would be very bold, but we know the Rockies need to be bold this offseason if they are going to bridge the gap and get themselves into the postseason as soon as 2025. On Monday, it was the fifth anniversary of the 2018 National League wildcard game. Go ahead and plug an article right there for you. Unlocked for free over at the DNVR.com. Got a chance to sit down with Kyle Freeland in the dugout at Wrigley Field, where he was the starting pitcher, and the Rockies did win their last postseason game, the 2018 National League wildcard game against the Chicago Cubs. And personally, it was one of the best conversations I've had with a player, I think, this year in the second half. I don't know if it was, to be honest, I don't know if it was a change for me the way I approach some of my interviews with players, uh, maybe just just hitting my stride just a little bit, or the players just really feeling comfortable, or, or it's just something in the clubhouse. Nolan Jones could be one of those factors. We know how absolutely honest he can be. Um, that's not to say that other guys aren't honest, but you get those stock baseball answers a lot with players. And it really seemed like in the second half, guys were opening up a little bit more and, and being more honest in sharing those little tidbits. I think that you know make them human beings and, and helps you understand how they tick and helps you understand what they're trying to do on the field. And that conversation with Kyle Freeland very much seemed like that. You know, he seemed to be all in his glory uh, in a spot where, you know, he came of age in that 2018 season where he finished fourth in the Cy Young award voting. He also talked a little bit about the home run that he gave up to Shohei Otani. I, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but make sure you're checking that out over at the DNVR.com today though, today on October 4th is unfortunately a sixth anniversary of the 2017 national league Wild Card game. The Rockies had been waiting to get back to the postseason. They waited eight years from 2009, got back in Bud Black's first year there in 2017. And, and for my money, I think that 2017 wildcard game was just as good, if not maybe even better than 2018, if not for the outcome. Of course, so many back and forths. It was, it was heartbreaking from the get-go because John Gray just didn't have it. You saw that early on. Tyler Anderson came in to possibly give some length. He didn't have it, gave up a couple runs. D-back scored three in the first there at Chase Field in 2017 in that wild card game. A run in the second, two runs in the third. They were down 6 nothing after three, but then came the comeback. Then came the dudes, the Rockies team that just did not have any quit in them. They had the dog in them. Four runs in the fourth against Zach Greinke. Cargo single, Trevor Story single, Gerardo Parra single. Jonathan Lucroy, a name that does not get enough attention when we talk about great Rockies catchers. He was only here for a few months, but he did his job in a big way in this wild card game. He doubled, and you also got a pinch hit single from, think about it, 
Alexi Amarista, yes, put the fourth run across home play. It was a new ball game in the fourth. 6-4 Diamondbacks in the seventh. Another double from Lou Croy, and he scores on a Blackman bunt to make it 6-5 in the seventh. And then, and then, yes, that Archie Bradley triple that sucked the air out of the Rockies, sucked the air out of Chase Field. If you've got those memories, go ahead, leave them in the comments now. I know that's kind of hard times uh, to have to possibly deal with that, but nevertheless, Archie Bradley. Well, he ended up giving up those two runs right away uh, after his triple back-to-back home runs for Arenado in story. Made it 8-7th, and then Greg Holland after being so great so long for the Rockies in 2017. He was was an all-star with them. Gives up three runs in the bottom of the eighth. Rockies got one in the ninth, but lose 11-8. Ah, not a wild card game we like to talk about very much, but nevertheless, man, it, it definitely set the pace for 2018 and say, hey, we, we got to win these kind of games. We got to do the little things well in order to make sure that we don't end our season early. And uh, and they did. They won the wild card game. Didn't win game 163 against the Dodgers in 2018, but they won that wild card game and they got swept by those Brewers in Milwaukee. Uh, we'll talk about what's going on in Milwaukee right now. A team with a similar makeup to that 2018 Colorado Rockies team, I think, in uh in a sense, we'll we'll get to that in in a moment. But do got to tell you about Breckenridge Distillery, widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey, a high rye mash, American style whiskey. We're talking Breckenridge Bourbon, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos. They want to give you two tickets to that Chargers Broncos game at the end of the season, December thirty first. It's super easy. All you got to do post your favorite photo to Instagram or Facebook and use hashtag Broncos Bourbon. They're going to see that. Do that before the end of November because on December 1st, they're going to narrow it down to their 10 favorites. Hashtag Broncos Bourbon. They'll go out. There'll be a fan vote. It's amazing. Go to BreckenridgeDistillery.com slash Bourbon of the Denver Broncos to learn more about that. They're going to be at all of our Broncos tailgates, all of our DNVR bar watch parties, which are going to be popping off. Now is the time. You think summers would be the time for a watch party. But no, everyone's outside. Everyone's doing their things. We need to have DNVR bar BQs. How about that? I don't know if we have access to the roof, but we got to work on that. Nevertheless, it's watch party season. It's coming up right around the corner. Breckenridge Distillery and their Ricky Seltzers, which are made with Breck Spirits. Breckenridge Distillery available and made for all 50 states. You can get them anywhere. Shop your local retailer by going over to BreckenridgeDistillery.com for home delivery of the award-winning Breckenridge Spirits because après anywhere. As I said, in the corner of Colfax, New York, that's where we're doing the big things at the DNVR bar. You sign up, you become a diehard, you get access to the diehards only discord. Shout out to everybody in the diehards only Rockies discord, tearing it up, even in the postseason. Love you folks that are over there. We also get 15% off all of your food and drink. You get a free shirt each and every year. You get 20% off all the gear. Uh, We've got the new stalwart collection, a really nice looking green and gold CSU Rams shirt. Be a good person collaboration. Love those tees. I had to order a couple myself. You get 20% off of those bad boys. Plenty of CU buffs and Coach Prime gear. They're also, uh, you're going to get a discount if you want to go to our tailgate down in Tempe. That's right. CU buffs, Arizona State. This weekend, you get a discount if you're there. Broncos tailgate on Sunday. You know there's going to be a win against the Jets. You get a discount on that as well when you are a diehard. So get yourself signed up over at thednvr.com. Check out all of our wonderful gear over at dnvrlocker.com as well. Well, I'm hoping my man is here, and I'm hoping he's not up in the rafters. Uh, I'm pretty darn close, man. I tell you what, uh, plenty of room here at the drop today. 
So it was all good, brother. How are you? Yeah, just a little bit. You know, that's that was the stories. I think maybe maybe that's good for the Rays because they didn't play very well making four errors uh, on defense. But attendance under twenty thousand. That seemed to be the number that people cared a lot more about than the four nothing outcome for the Rangers. I'm here with all my best friends uh, here in this section, as you can see. So uh, yeah, as it turns out, <laughs> good seats still available for today's Rangers Rays game. Yeah, it's a great time to plug some uh, some game time tickets for sure. Uh, Nathan in the chat saying, hey, I followed him a little bit in the minors, but Ethan Carter outstanding yesterday for the Rangers. I know you and I were texting, was you know one of the youngest players to do this, one of the youngest to do that, reach base four times. He was really impressive for a kid who just turned 21 and just made his debut not that long ago. And it's funny, that was one of the guys that we brought up yesterday. Went down to the locker room. By the way, said hi to John Gray. Uh, yesterday, it was good to see him down the Rangers locker room. But absolutely, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager both said, this guy isn't playing like a rookie at all. This guy is playing like somebody who's been here before, done that. And so, yeah, Ethan was getting, sorry, Carter was getting a lot of love all the way around from the Rangers during the first round. And look, when, when you make a run in the postseason, you got to get contributions from just about everybody. And, hey, Evan Carter is there. Might as well. I, I think we're still going to see that continuing trend of players making their major league debut in the postseason. You, you never know where you're going to get it from. So uh, Evan Carter was, was the big guy, obviously, for the Rangers. And, and as was Jordan Montgomery, who, who looked uh, amazing uh, and seemed uh, every penny worth uh, that trade deadline acquisition for the Rangers. Yeah, this is going to be a guy that's going to be a hot commodity moving forward. And, and that's the thing. Montgomery wasn't just doing it with his pitching. I mean, you saw him lay out for that big catch. It was a momentum changer. And then he got down the first base line to get that. But, you know, you and I both sit at Coors Field and we watch PFB going all the time. You know, the, play, the pitchers doing their fielding drills, running over the first base. There were countless times yesterday that Montgomery was doing that. And it was a key because you saw on the other side, Tampa Bay, just saying, did not have a good day at first base defensively. So the difference there was very high. Yeah, I think it was, what, the first time that they had made four errors in a game since, like, 2021. Wow, we haven't seen that many uh, in a postseason game in, in, in quite a while. So, yeah, really, really sloppy, especially when it seemed like Tampa might have had a lot of momentum, not because of the uh, the 10th man on the field, uh, if you will. Although maybe that's what they should call it in Tampa Bay because there's only 10 fans in the ballpark, the 10th fan at the trap. Um but, but it got started off with uh, with a really cool first pitch for Randy Rosarena, his mom. That that was awesome to see. It was, and Randy talked about that today and, uh, before the game. Talked about what it was like to finally get his mom to watch him play in the MLB game. Of course, we know Randy, Adolfo Garcia, you know, so many of these guys who have defected from Cuba have gone through just to get to this point. But you don't ever think about the families and what they do behind the scenes to actually get there as well. And it has taken all this time for Randy to be able to finally get that visa for his mom. And let me tell you, she threw a strike yesterday, man. So that was impressive to see. I think we, we, we could be having like a, this new trend of baseball moms going out there and throwing strikes. We saw with Booz Dog Gratterall's mom. It's like, I kind of want every player to have their mom throw out a first pitch. I think it would be a little bit better than, no offense, some of the season ticket holders uh, that the Rockies end up uh, running out there just a little bit. So Tampa and, and, and Rangers are there. We also got to see, you know, kind of a small story, but a real big story down under. Curtis Mead, first Australian position player uh, to make the postseason, or only the second postseason appearance by an Australian-born player. The other reliever, Graham Lloyd, in the 1996 World Series. Don't remember that at all. 
but comes through uh, with a big hit right there in the middle of the lineup. So that's another one of those fun little stories you, you, uh, you can only find in October. You know, there were a lot of things that went right yesterday for the Rangers and went wrong for the Rangers. And Kevin Cash was asked today, what does your team have to do? And he said, it's real simple. And it sounds like Bud Black, so get ready. We got to play defense and we got to pitch one. And honestly, they didn't do either one of those yesterday. You know, Tyler Glasnow was talking about how that he couldn't locate his fastball and all of his breaking stuff wasn't working. So he had one pitch and he wasn't comfortable with it. And you could certainly tell that with the walks, the wild pitch he uncorked, all these different things that happened yesterday that went bad for the Rays. And the question is, can they shake it off today? They're going to have to absolutely do that. I know the uh, the Low brothers are, are having to shake some things off uh, on the flip yeah. side, talking about family and baseball and, and, and things you know, not, not being pretty. You know, it should have been a celebration, I think. And in, in a way, I, I think it is, of the Low brothers, Josh for the Rays and Nathaniel, first baseman for the Texas Rangers, two brothers playing against each other here in the American League wildcard series. But uh, their mom's not doing well, unfortunately. I know Susie talked about that yesterday. And, uh, and that's unfortunately been somewhat of a topic of conversation here in and around the ballpark. It has. You know, that was one of the, the well, it was the first question that was asked in the thing yesterday. It was, uh, and it, it was very simple. It was, how's your mom? And, man, all of us in the press here just like, oh. You know, and you can tell. He got emotional about it. And, you know, I, I get a little emotional about just thinking about him and what all he's going through. He talked about how yesterday was his grandma's birthday and the dad wasn't here because he was with the mom and, you know, all these different things that, along with this guy trying to focus on a baseball game, you know, you were reminded that there's a lot of things that are bigger than baseball. Low brothers are going through that right now. So absolutely prayers for them, for everything they're going through. But, but yeah, yesterday that was just a real subtle reminder that, you know, if a guy goes up for four, sometimes you never know what's going on. Yeah, you got to hope everything goes well with uh, mom's chemotherapy. I know dad is, is with the mom, so, I mean, you, you don't have any uh, of the parents there. But one of them's guaranteed to win, go on to the next round. So, I mean, maybe that's kind of the, uh, the silver lining, uh, as it were. Look, there's a, a lot of silver linings when it comes to Shady Rays right now uh, because they got to buy one, get one deal right now, and the glasses look absolutely amazing. Even better than how they look is their guarantee. It's that if you buy a pair... Uh, or you break a pair, or you lose a pair, they're going to go ahead and uh, send you a new one absolutely free. It's amazing. You can return if you don't like it in 30 days. But we know you're going to love them. They get five stars by over 250,000 folks all around the Internet. People love their Shady Rays. If you want to try them on in person, you don't want to believe me for, my, for uh, take me at my word, go down to the Park Meadows Mall, buy two or more pairs of those polarized shades. Try them out. See, uh, see what you like there. You get 50% off all those bad boys. So uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Split it with your friends uh, if you need to go ahead and do that. And uh, it's Shady Rays with code DNVR as well. Don't forget that one. So, yeah, game time tickets. If you're down in the Tampa area, you don't want to walk up to the box office and get your tickets because they've got plenty of them to sell. And, in fact, there's probably some season ticket holders for the Rays that don't want their tickets right now and, and maybe aren't able to go or are planning to go. That's where game time tickets comes in. You use code DNVR. You can get $20 off your first purchase with game time tickets. And on top of that, you can go ahead and probably sit behind home plate well below face value. You can get up to 60% off of face value tickets, whether you do want to be behind home plate, whether you want to be in foul territory to catch a foul ball or possibly – Catch a home home run somewhere in Tropicana Field. It's good for basketball if you want to sit center court or courtside. If you want to be uh, near the puck drop for the NHL games here at Ball Arena, 
take your pick, but go to game time. I've been using it for a while. They got last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, download game time today, last minute tickets, use that code DNVR lowest price. It's guaranteed. All right, Kevin, man, I tell you the yesterday's games, were there, were there any of the other? And so, uh, we, we should point out that the, uh, the starters today, we got, uh, Nathan Eovaldi from the Rangers and Zach Eflin, kind of a local guy there for uh, the Rays on the bump. You feeling one way or another? Do you think Eflin can kind of repeat what he was able to do a little bit in the postseason last year with the Phils? Yeah, and honestly, that's the hope down here. And that's what's been talked about a whole bunch is that Zach Eflin has to do what he did last year with the Phillies. And, you know, and he talked about that yesterday. He said, you know, been here, done that. And, of course, it was before the Rays dropped the, the first game. But still, there was a lot of anticipation about what he was going to bring to the mound today. So honestly, I do expect the Rays to come out on top. I think that they will. There's no way they can keep playing as bad as they did yesterday as well as keep that offense under wraps like they have. Yeah, were there any players or teams yesterday that either won or lost, performed or or, or didn't, uh, that made you maybe change you know, how you thought about the players? Only one game, but sometimes one game. You can see a lot or you can learn a lot from something like that. Hey. You know, I'm going to stick with the Tampa theme here and go Evan Longoria. In that play he made yesterday, let me tell you what. You talk about a game changer and, and proving that us, you know, the old guys can still play a little bit of ball. So uh, that was really good to see. And absolutely, you know, you uh, shout out to our friend Jesse. But, uh, you know, you think that those Diamondbacks are laying a hand up right now and what they're doing in Milwaukee. Yeah, if you're 30 years old or older, you're kind of an old guy when it comes to sports. So that was for you. Yeah, Evan Longoria. Clutch. I think he had started only twice in the final 12 games of the regular season uh, at third base or anywhere. Uh, so that was that was a huge part, and just needed that veteran presence. Tony Lavolo said, and and boy, he got it with Longoria there that big double play uh, that that thwarted a potential the beginning for the Brewers there in in the fifth. Uh, the young guys really stepped up. They were down early, three nothing with Brandon Font on the hill, second youngest starter in D-backs history, second shortest outing as he gets pulled in the third, but Corbin Carroll and Cattell Marte go back-to-back on consecutive pitches, something that Corbin Burns had never allowed before. He had given up back-to-back dingers before to some some, some pretty good pairs, right, to, uh, to Paul Goldschmidt and Matt Carpenter in 2019, uh, and then last year, Austin Riley and Marcelo Zuna, but now back-to-back and in the postseason, I mean, these young guys for the Diamondbacks have been really exciting to watch. They have been. And I, I will tell you, my mother-in-law lives in Tucson. I always get my Diamondbacks updates from her. It's amazing. She was off the charts last night. I was in the sports bar watching the game. She was right there with me. And, and I will tell you, it, it's an interesting thing because we talk a lot about uh, in Colorado, the melting pot of fans that there are. You know, and I know the DNVR talks about nobody in Colorado is really dodging the person. I saw that on Twitter earlier. I will tell you, the sports bar I was at last night, there were Phillies jerseys, there were Blues jerseys, D-backs jerseys. I mean, I mean, everybody was represented in there. So it kind of made me feel like maybe Denver's not the only place with the melting pot as far as sports fans. Yeah, but in Tampa, they don't go to the games, whereas in Denver, they do. <laughs> A lot of that might have to do with the uh, the stadium behind you, right? The, uh, you, you, don't, the you don't like the big, the big eye? You know, I, I think Shady Rays could put a big sunglass on that. What do you think? That branding right there, done. I'm telling you, baby. I'm telling you. You, you got to get a little cut of that. I think uh, at least you got Zach Gallon against Freddie Peralta. A nice pitching matchup. Splits haven't been kind to Zach Gallon, though. His ERA is two runs higher on the road. In the second half, he was about a run worse than he was in the first half. But in his two starts this year against the Brewers, 
14 in the third inning pitch, allowed one run, struck out 15. I mean, this is this is kind of the game. You need Gallon to go out there and shove, put this thing away, get a few days before going to LA for the next round. Yeah, and I and I mean personally, I'm an NL West guy. I'm ready to see the Diamondbacks Dodgers uh, ALDS. I think that'll be a lot of fun, and I absolutely as well am thinking that a, uh, a Phillies Braves second round. That's gonna be a lot of fun as well too in Atlanta. Yeah, and whoever wins that game, it's going to be another. It's going to be an NL East matchup, which is absolutely yeah, fantastic, exactly. right there. So it's kind of oh, it's called the division series, and yet teams typically typically don't play teams in their division. Hey, we're gonna get back to that now. That's nice. Uh, as you alluded to, Phillies, uh, Phillies win four one. Zach Wheeler was wheelering and dealering, I think, as nobody says. Alec Baum, Stott, Pache, all RBI. Castellanos gets the RBI double. For insurance, there was a, an opportunity there for the Marlins there in the seventh. For Jose Alvarado struck out Yuli Gurriel to break the Marlins back. I tell you what, I think the Marlins could be winning game two today with Braxton Garrett on the hill and his 3.66 ERA. I think he's been better than sneaky good, sneaky bad. Aaron Nola, 4.46 ERA. I think he really needs to show something here, especially with his last two starts, another uh, last three starts against San Diego in the NLCS and against Houston last year in the World Series. This one could go the Marlins' way in game two. And don't forget, Noel's a free agent after the offseason, so absolutely, he wants to shine this postseason show teams exactly, including the Phillies, should I say, exactly why they need to invest in. So really interesting to see what Noel does today. Last but not least, Twins over the Blue Jays, 3-1. Pablo Lopez, not perfect, but he was on his game, five and two-thirds in a pitch. Uh, only gave up one run, bested Colorado's Kevin Gausman. And to think, between the two trades that were made in the offseason, old-school baseball trades, players for players, they really shaped them. I think they made a difference this postseason. Pablo Lopez goes from Miami to Minnesota. Miami ends up getting Luis Arise. If that trade doesn't happen, I don't think the Twins or the Marlins make the postseason. And then Dalton Varsho goes from Arizona to Toronto. Toronto gets Gabriel Moreno, who hit a big home run in game one on Tuesday. And they also get Lourdes Gurriel, who's an all-star. If those trades don't happen for the Diamondbacks and the Blue Jays, Neither of those two teams make the postseason either. I oh, completely agree. You're spot on with that uh, Marlins uh, Twins trade. I think that was one that is going to be analyzed for a long time because I think it's going to work out well for both teams. And yeah, I'm really excited. Can the Twins not only snap the streak yesterday, but can they keep it going today? You know, everybody thought, oh, Blue Jays. You know, everybody here in Tampa, I can tell you, they were ready for the Blue Jays to come into the series. And of course, things fell very strangely, and here come the Rangers. And I was a huge Jose Berrios fan a couple years ago, and then he kind of flamed out. Still a huge fan of Sonny Gray. I mean, this guy, he's on the bumping game, too. It's Gray versus Berrios. Uh, I, I think the Twins are going to put this one away today in game two. And can I tell you who I'm a big fan of? And that's Chris Paddock. Uh, Chris Paddock's going to come out of the bullpen for the Twins. Got to talk to him whenever the, the Twins were in town for the Rockies. Of course, he hit some of Coors Field and talked about how he's come back from, from off-season surgery, how he missed so much time with Tommy John. What's taken for him to get back on the mound? And I'll tell you, anybody that does that, whether it's from Ron Marquez, Chris Paddock, doesn't matter who it is. Whenever they come back, then they deserve some props because you know they've been through a lot just to get back on that mound. So make you see what Paddock does today if he gets it. Paddock, John Duran, I mean, there, there are dudes back there in that, that bullpen. So, hey, man, that's why they play the games. We, we, we don't know who's going to win, but we've got our predictions. Um, did you say what you th thought was going to happen today in, in Tampa? 
Yeah, I do think I think the Rays are going to come out. I think that they're going to come out firing. I think they are going to jump on. Um, sorry, gone blank, but I think they're going to jump on Texas early. And I, and I think that you cannot hold down the Rays' offense like you did yesterday, two games in a row. But previous postseasons have proven me wrong, so we'll see what happens. Yep, Nathan Eovaldi getting the ball there for the Rangers. Uh, it's it, it, this is game two is the most pivotal game uh, that if, if you win it. Uh, I think you have a decent shot at, at going all the way. But teams that win game one, I think, in this three-game uh, three format, three-game series format, uh, have gone on, like, I think, 85% of the time. Granted, we don't have a huge sample size, but if you get game one, you're getting a ton of momentum here. So uh, these game, these series are quick. These series are very quick. And, hey, you and I have talked about it. You know, we talked about a lot of the offseason signings and what they mean to teams. Don't overlook what Bruce Folks has gone for the Rangers. And him coming on board this season and that steady Eddie presence that he brings, it's really showing up this year. Absolutely. That's a big one. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us today. Have some fun. Uh, make sure you get your sunscreen on. Uh, actually, scratch that last part. <laughs> oh, come on. I saved you a seat. You're, you can sit right over here. Anywhere you uh, want. I got you a seat, man. I, I picked that one. There you go. That's why you got to watch live on YouTube so you can find out which one I exactly specifically pointed to. So, you know, go ahead and plug away. Let folks know uh, what you're working on, where they can find it, and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I've covered this for Fansided. So check out fansided.com slash MLB. Got a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, usually three things I heard in the clubhouse uh, that I'll go up later today after I go down to the winning clubhouse and uh, hear all about the main champs. You only hang out with winners, which is why I'm surprised you and I get along so well. <laughs> I'll see. I was going to say, that's why I hang out with you, but then you turned it on me. So there you go. I'm flipping it. I'm flipping it. Kevin, thanks so much, man. Have fun today. All right, brother. See you, man. Bye. Man, we're having tons of fun when it comes to Breck Brew, Broncos country. Still the brew of the month. Look, they, they've extended it. I think September now uh, officially has, what, 34 days in it? That's what we're doing, right? Because Broncos country uh, is is the spot. It, it's, uh, it hits the spot, I should say. It's got those high wire hops from North Fork Valley. Look, it's made with 100% renewable energy right here in Colorado. Support local business. Support us when you do that. Go over to the beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Yeah, that's uh, a twin series, and, and Jay's definitely an interesting one. Royce Lewis had two home runs. Another one of those rookies, I think, that got overlooked. I don't think Nolan Jones is going to get as overlooked in the Rookie of the Year voting quite as much as Royce Lewis. And I think the players in the, the American League might be slightly stronger at the front end, so to speak. Uh, but Lewis, 15 home runs in 58 games, that's a lot. Uh, you got to be healthy. You got to be a little bit better than that uh, to stay on the field. He's had some unfortunate luck when it comes to injuries. But uh, the 24-year-old goes off for two home runs in that game one. As I was saying with jo uh, Sonny Gray, one of the, I think, most overlooked pitchers of his generation. I, I don't think, you know, he's not one of those ace guys that you think of, but shoot, when you think about maybe one B, or when you think about the best number twos and is a number two each and every year in posts, it's, it's, it's Sonny Gray. You know, he's had seven seasons of 2.3 wins above replacement on baseball reference or higher tied for the 10th most among active players. You bump that up to 3.1 wins above replacement. He's got five of them tied for ninth most. He's a player who's done it kind of on the fringes first in, in Oakland, then in Cincinnati, didn't have quite as much luck there when he went to the Yankees. Uh, and then uh, here now with Minnesota, three-time all-star doing it in those, those three smaller places other than uh, New York. So Sonny Gray, definitely a, a guy that is worth watching today. If you need a game, and, and, and watch just how he's able to kind of pick apart the Jays' offense, who needs to get the job done here 
uh, and they need to do it in a, a big way. Susie did a really good job running through that list of, of former Rockies players. Only five, only five former Rockies players that are on postseason rosters. John Gray, not one of them on the IL, but a couple of interesting little Colorado related wrinkles. Now the Rays opted to go with only 11 pitchers for this series. Most of the other teams, 12 or 13. He said, look, Hey, it's a short series. We, we trust our starting pitchers. Uh, I th we think they're going to be fine. And, and so far they have been for the most part. So they don't end up including Kevin Kelly. He was left off the roster. Who is he? Who's Kevin Kelly? Well, he was actually the Rockies rule five pick back in December who being in the room there for the rule five draft in San Diego, you know, we got the sign from Rockies officials. Hold on a second. Uh, hey, we're, we're still going to tweet it out. You did draft the guy, but hold on. We're not keeping him. He was traded for cash considerations to Tampa. And of course the Rays, as they did with, you know, Robert Stevenson, able to make those tweaks, able to use that analytic department that they have to get the best out of their guys to, to really develop at the big league level. As I mentioned, Kevin Gausman, Grandview high school in Aurora, got those ties to Colorado. Bo Bichette, son of Dante Bichette. From Minnesota, you have Griffin Jacks, a guy who went to Cherry Creek High School, did go to the Air Force Academy. He's a player uh, worth rooting for. And then on Arizona, you got two guys, Scott McGuff on the IL, but you may recall he did play with the Isotopes back in 2018. Didn't get a chance to, to suit up as a Rocky official. Officially, uh, I guess Scott McGuff and Ryan Howard are in the same part of your mind when it comes to thinking about Rockies, who were Rockies, but never played for the Rockies. So Scott McGuff, one of those players. And then bench coach Jeff Bannister for the Diamondbacks uh, served as the director of player development for the University of Northern Colorado back in 2021. So you like those connections. Corbin Burns and numerous other Milwaukee Brewers cut their teeth in Colorado Springs when the Sky Sox were still around and the Rockies had transitioned away from Colorado Springs over to Albuquerque. You have Joe Piamps in the bullpen for the Brewers developed by the Rockies in the minor league. So, some of those small connections, and of course, we'll get to a few more once we get to the division series and we get caught up with the Los Angeles Dodgers and Atlanta on the National League side and then on the American League side with the Baltimore Orioles and the Houston Astros who finished with the same record as the Texas Rangers. But we don't do 161 anymore, so the Astros are given the, the AOS on a tiebreaker and they get a buy, whereas the Rangers, they've got to pay. They've got to play to get in uh, to, the, to that next round, uh, and so far so good. For them now, some of the negatives in the the Rockies autopsy on Monday. Again, we went through a, a lot of these positives for the Rocks. Go ahead and leave a comment in the chat if you're watching along live on YouTube, DNVR Sports Channel. You can still leave comments there, uh, even if you're listening to this as a podcast or watching this after when we are no longer live. You can still leave those comments. We see those and love commenting on them. Read them out there today if you got any questions about the 2023 season, about what might be coming for the 2024 season. Leave them in the chat. But look, the last time that the Rockies ever had their worst ever season, we know it was 2012, where they lost 98 games. It took them five more years to reach the postseason at that point. Is it going to take the Rockies five more years to do that? Again, we're going to have to wait and see. Are they going to get some more pitching? Because the pitching is not anywhere right now, unfortunately. Marquez and Senzatella, you know, they're going to be good for a few months at best, uh, but they won't be their best as they recover from Tommy John surgery. It really won't be until 2025 that the players get that upgrade uh, or, or get back to themselves, really, after having the Tommy John surgery. Prospects, unfortunately, on the pitching side didn't really take steps forward in the upper levels of the minors. You did have the three Tommy John surgeries to Gabriel Hughes, Jackson Cox, Jordy Vargas, 
Double A Hartford staff, you know, struggled a little bit. Not catastrophic, but you know, there's probably not going to be any real immediate help from those guys. Maybe in the second half, but again, going into the season, you want a strong starting five. Bullpen, I think it's going to sort itself out. I think that's going to really be like the silver lining. The good is the offense. Bad's going to be the starting pitching. The silver lining is going to be the bullpen. There are guys I think that you can hope on. You can hope on the hype for, like the Jake Birds, the Justin Lawrences, even a Gavin Hollowell, Matt Cook. Maybe you've got something there. And then the veterans, Daniel Bard, you hope can bounce back. Tyler Kinley, again, he's going to be himself. You're going to get Lucas Gilbert back. And then you can supplement a little bit with some of those one-year deals uh, and then trade those guys at the deadline like you did last year. Uh, I think the one of the biggest things that really didn't get talked about a lot in the summertime and, and even the second half is the fact that the, the Rockies you know, may have left a little meat on the bone when it came to Elias Diaz. Now, uh, he did break a, the, the franchise record for most games played as a catcher. Incredibly valuable in the first half of the season. Really was the team's MVP through April and May doing it defensively, navigating a, a starting rotation that was just really just just grabbing guys off the waiver wire just about everywhere, doing the same thing with the bullpen guys, and, you know, doing it at the plate as well uh, in, in a major way, you know, uh, nearly leading the league in batting average just behind Luis Arias for, you know, six weeks or so into the season. So he was their MVP and then was literally the MVP of the 2023 All-Star game up there in Seattle at T-Mobile Park. But after that, Look, he has another year of team control, which has obviously a lot of value to the Rockies. But are the Rockies going to the postseason next year? No. Do they need a veteran catcher to help navigate the rotation and the bullpen again? Yes. Can they go out and get a guy on a one, two-year deal and not really pay a lot for them and flip an Elias Diaz for a team that is really desperate for catching? I think that's really the question that lingers after the deadline is the player with their most value at this trade deadline did not get moved. And so, you know, I did hear from, from some folks in the second half within the Rockies organization that yes, we overvalue our guys too much. And it's something that's been happening, you know, for a while. So credit where credit's due. They took baby steps this last uh, off season as well. You know, they, they traded the three guys that we said they were going to trade the three, the three biggest fan favorites, ultimately, right. Connor, Joe, uh, Sam Hilliard. And then they, you know, they just let Wynn Bernard, uh, go to make room on the 40-man roster. They they cut him, but four deals at the deadline. Nice step, but what happened with Elias Diaz, a guy that maybe could have you know helped shift the haul that you got? Uh, I don't think it's greedy to ask that, but I think it, it it is a fair question in general. We also talked on Monday, you know, briefly about the fact that there is a log jam, which is a, is a good thing, but not necessarily for a team that lost 103 games. You know, you you've got a lot of positions where you're locked in, and so there's not tons of spots where you're going to be able to give some of these young guys playing time. After 2024, Charlie's gone. Elias Diaz more than likely will be gone. You got to hope that Drew Roma will be there to take over full-time. Or if not, you can sign kind of a career backup player to carry most of the weight as the starter. That's possible, but that's only room for for two players now for the uh, uh, on, on the hitting side of things. Some guys are going to get hurt. We do think there could be a, a significant trade coming this offseason with one of their hitters, so that's going to create room for a third spot, and things just end up sorting themselves out just a little bit. We'll dig in deeper with the offseason wish, wish list, but I think at the top of the list is just two significant trades that bring back some pitching. It's got to be a trade of uh, a much more major prospect. Now, they did get Jeff Criswell during the offseason. I think that was, uh, that was a great deal. Chad Smith 
for Jeff Criswell. And Criswell provided the depth. We didn't see him in the majors, but definitely provided that stability for the isotopes at AAA. They're going to need to add him to the 40-man roster this year or else expose him to the Rule 5 draft. I think that was a really good trade, but it might have to be something a little bit more ambitious. They may need to go out and find their next Herman Marquez. And obviously that's a very high bar, but they have to at least try to go out there and do that. They need more veteran relievers as well. Those are the key things that you know the, the Rockies are going to need to do to be uh, able to say that they've had a successful, successful offseason. Let's go ahead and remember a couple of names here before we get out of here. I got six names of players that, in a couple years' time, we might not remember them, partially because they didn't really stick around very long. They didn't play a ton of time, didn't get a lot of innings in the field or on the bump, whatever it may be. Uh, some names are, are might be more memorable than others. But in two years' time, just like in, in the 2021 season, if you throw out the name Taylor Motter, some people go, I, I don't remember that happening at all. He did. He did happen for the Rockies in 2021. That was a, a real thing. Kevin Pillar. In 2020, that was a real thing that absolutely happened. So here are six names that happened. Blair Calvo, one inning, three batters. I think he was on the Arizona Fall League team last year. Got added to the 40-man roster, was really hyped up as uh, a good bullpen arm, and I think he very well can be. He's on the older side there. I think he might have turned 28 during the course of the season. Was traded to Detroit, again, after one inning and facing three batters. Unfortunately, didn't fare much better playing in the International League versus the Pacific Coast League, so uh, did not get back to the majors with the Tigers. Justin Brule, player that was eventually designated for assignment, but he did return to the organization back with the uh, with the Isotopes in uh, in September. So he's still around. We'll wait and see what happens with him this offseason, but only pitched seven games right when folks really started turning their attention away for the Rockies. Uh, if you were listening to this podcast, you didn't turn your attention away, so there's a good chance you remember Justin Brule. Uh, technically a guy that they acquired from the Dodgers at the trade deadline, a nice left-handed reliever. Fernando Abad, he'll be the one I think that people will remember. Two stints with the Rockies, uh, up and down, designated for assignment twice, did pitch six games, six and a thirds innings pitch, again, twice on that 40-man roster. Connor Kaiser made his major league debut in Cincinnati, uh, played all three games there, only started twice, only got four plate appearances. You'll remember that he uh, his call-up was necessitated by the fact that Ezekiel Tovar, uh, he and his wife uh, were going into labor there, uh, had his son Luciano while the team was in Cincinnati. So Connor Kaiser, they needed a shortstop. He was the guy that they plugged in there on the 40-man roster. Cole Tucker, yeah, people will remember him. Uh, and I think the diehards here on DNVR Rockies podcast and at DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter will definitely remember him and, uh, and his fiance just a little bit. I think we may have talked about that think we might have covered that on the podcast. If not, we'll, we'll have to just loop back around on that. And then also, Jorge Alfaro. Yeah, that happened. That was the thing. 10 games, 32 plate appearances. Uh, first ever, first ever Rockies player from the country of Colombia. Jorge Alfaro. Six names to remember. Blair Calvo, Justin Brule, Fernando Abad, Connor Kaiser, Cole Tucker, Jorge Alfaro. You put those names all in a row. Ask a Rockies fan, say, what do these names have in common? Are they going to be able to say all six of them played with the Rockies this year? If they are, they're a diehard, and you're going to love our content over on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D. Lyons is where I can be found on Twitter. Make sure you are subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts, leaving us a review. We need more reviews. We got to get some more of those current ones on there. Get some good uh, mojo going for us there. Do the same thing, like, share, and subscribe 
at DNVR Sports uh, on YouTube, where we're going to be back because, look, we got to keep this momentum going just a little bit. We will be back tomorrow on Thursday right here at 12 p.m. live on the DNVR Sports channel here on YouTube. We all city like the mayor. 